0: you're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit HarvestBibleOnline.org. How do you know we need to be thankful? How you know we need to have an attitude, you know, as it's coined, you know, kind of an attitude of gratitude, but really uh, be gracious toward our Lord Jesus Christ, but also gracious to one another. I mean, you know, in these times and all the things that's going on that everybody's edgy, we have to have a little more grace uh, than we usually have to have. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) Because, you know, because people are just people. And, uh, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, fighting for the same thing. And plus, it seems like there's not as much, you know, we've been spoiled in America where we've always had an abundance. And now when we go places, it's bare or things are different. You know, it's it's um, it's different. If you've ever been overseas or if you've ever spent any time overseas in any other country, you realize that uh uh there's always lack. Always is every country I've ever visited, there's always you never know if you're gonna get what you want to go get. We've never had that difficulty until now, until the last two years of people running in and stocking up on things and things like that. And is this here? Can you get this? You know, it's it's so funny to watch people or see things and look on social media and find out, hey, the thing we ordered back in July or the thing we ordered back in May finally showed up now. Okay, you know. It's like I know several people, you know, in our church. They said, "Hey, well, we ordered something, you know, way back, and six months later, it's finally getting here." You know, whereas you know, we're you know, all of us have been really spoiled with Amazon Prime. We get it next day, next two days, you know, and then of course now they've messed up and it's taken five days. God bless them, you know, but uh, you know, we, we get into these situations and sometimes we forget how blessed we really are. And uh, we get a little bit of inconvenience and uh, we think, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Uh, we need to understand the will of God is not determined by how convenient your life is. Amen. 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 If, the apostle, if the apostle Paul, you know, if he would have looked and said, man, if everything's got to work out perfectly in order for me to be in the will of God, he never in his entire life got in the will of God. Amen. Amen? I mean, if you were going to say to me, hey, I'm going to have you go before kings, and, uh, and I'm going to bring you here. Paul, you're going to have to do this. It's going to be, okay, great. I appeal to Caesar. Paul says he's in this. He gets on a ship, and uh, that ship gets in a big old storm for two weeks. They don't see the sun nor the moon. They don't see anything. It looks like everything. It looks like the lives are going to be gone, you know, and then an angel comes and comforts Paul and stands by him and tells him and says, Paul, Hey. You're, you know, you're, you're, here, here it is, you know, uh, I'm going to give you and all the people the ship's going to be lost, you know. And, of course, Paul told them, all, well, hey, if you'd listened to me, you'd have been okay. But I think if God would have told me I got to go before a king, well, why don't he just give me a first-class ticket? How come I didn't get to wine, be whining and dying across the ocean? How come I got to be in a ship? I got to get in a shipwreck. I got to hang on to a board or I got to swim. And then when I'm all wet and I get in and I try to start a fire, I get a snake to bite me. <laughs> You know, God doesn't do things quite the way we think they should be done. (laughs) God sets the stages, you know, God does things, you know, and yet the Apostle Paul has this incredible uh, heart because not only when God tells him, hey, I'm going to save you, but I'm going to save everybody with you, Paul prays for everybody on board, For the same guys that caused the trouble, caused the problems. How many of you know that the storm you're in today or the storm that's going on worldwide and everything else was not caused by you? Okay, hey, while I'm talking, go to, go to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to share here and just share some truths from the Word of God. I just want to exhort you. I, I want to minister my heart to you because we need to know what we're going into Thanksgiving and we're going into Christmas and we're going into 2022 and there's a lot of things going on and I mean, there's, we, there's all kinds of battles, all kinds of things that are happening, amen? And, uh, and we've got to fight, Thank God for our community action team Thank God for them giving us Letting us know what's going on Because you know I mean when you know things And many times we don't have time To, to go through all of, the, all of the junk And they've got clarity You know, amen Thank God that we're fighting That people are actually standing up now You know, they're fighting against This mandatory shot for you, okay Whether you're pro or whether you're anti doesn't matter What it matters is It's somebody trying to make you Do something you don't want to do And that's not right Amen? Because we don't ever make people get saved. You can't make anybody get saved, because if you make them get saved, they can get unsaved. <laughs> Amen? You know, you can't make, you know, some people well, I'm going to make a decision. Listen, you got to get born again. If your life, I mean, you got to get born again. When you get born again, glory to God, you get changed. See, a lot of people make decisions, but they never get born again. Hallelujah. They never have to be blood washed, because when you get blood washed, glory to God, you never want to go back to sin. Never. When you truly get, you're ruined for sin if you truly get saved. And you are. If you still enjoy all those things, well, then guess what? If you walk like a duck, quack like a duck, waddle like a duck, you a duck. You can say you a chicken all day long, ain't gonna work. Sorry, and people get all oh, you're just, you're being, you're trying, no, I'm just telling you, listen, when you get born again, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, and you get washed in the blood of Jesus, it changes your life. Jesus Christ's resurrection, his death, his burial, and resurrection was not a little thing, it was a great thing, and it changes your life. It does. If it didn't, and then you didn't. You understand? It's not hard because we grab a hold of us and we say, wow. But here's what happens as Christians. And what we do is we can get weary in well-doing. And we need to know and understand the love that God has. Aren't you glad that God's love toward us or God's love to us is greater than our greatest fears? First John chapter. Uh, you know, four says that in verse sixteen talks about love, but in verse eighteen it says, it says, Perfect love cast out fear. Amen. Cast out fear. It just gets rid of it. Yeah. When you know the love of God. Someone says, Well, how do I know really God loves me? You know when you know God loves you in a certain area that you know that you know, you don't worry about that area. See if you know God's in your life and He's gonna be in your life and He's working in every area, then you love that that area is a good area because it doesn't it doesn't you don't worry about that area. See, most people don't know that God's in their finances, that's why they worry about it. I need that go over like a lead balloon. I wanted to get you guys calm. It's all good. See. Most people, instead of relying on God's power and God's mercy, you know, we sang a song about his mercy and his grace and, we, and, and about the blood of Jesus. You know, most people, instead of allowing God's power to, to help them and to do things, they do it either by their own willpower or they just endeavor to try to just make it through. And yet God wants us to just rest in his power and in his strength. Look here in, 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 in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Hallelujah. I mean, I want to depend on God's power, not on my own power. You know, m- many times I realize that uh, sometimes I make my own plans. I know none of you do that, so I always confess my sins. But sometimes I, I'm always saying, God, this, let's do it this way. God, this is a great way to do it. This is, and I'm always trying to help him. And then when it doesn't work, I get really frustrated. And then I realize <laughs> and it was my plan. Because I'm, you know, when God's plan, they work. You know, I've got a wonderful saying, what God orders, he pays for. What I order, I have to pay for. Amen? So here in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 and 20, I'm going to read it to you out of the the King James, and then I'm going to read it to you out of the Message Bible. He said, come unto me, this is Jesus talking, come unto me all, you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, and for I am meek and lowly in heart, that you may f- shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me read it to you out of the message Bible. He said, "Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythm or the unforced rhythms of grace. Now go with me if you would. There you're in Matthew. Go over to John's Gospel chapter 15. John chapter 15. Hallelujah. And I want to strengthen you because we're going to need this strength to keep going. And that Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're going through and things are so hard and so difficult, it's because you don't have his yoke and you're not taking hold of what he's doing. Amen. you got to come unto him and you got to cast your cares over onto him. Man, the hardest thing in the world to do is to give your cares to Jesus and allow him to work on them. Because he's a little slow. Sorry, he is. I tell him that all the time. Ain't he? he knows my heart. I say, you know, I gave that to you, and it's coming back. He says, yeah, but you took it back, and I couldn't work it. I said, oh, yeah, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> See, somebody says, how do you know you take it back? You're worrying about it instead of him worrying about it. You keep taking it back. How many of you know you aren't going to get anything done if you're getting interrupted all the time? <laughs> I am mean, you know, that God and the angels, you're making your angel tired because they keep coming back and forth because <laughs> you, keep, you keep stopping them from doing anything. The Bible says we cast the whole of our care over unto him. But here in John chapter 15, which is, which is so uh, wonderful, but in John 15, I'm going to begin in verse one. I'm going to read down to verse seven because I want you to get this. Listen, we can't do anything without the Lord Jesus Christ. And we've got to stay vitally connected to the vine. Amen. We need to understand and know that without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. There is nothing. There is no temptation. There is nothing that's coming against us. Nothing that's being said. Nothing that's being done is greater than our God. Because his love for us is far greater than any fear that's coming against us. Because perfect love casts out fear. Amen. And the Bible says, he that feared is not made perfect in love. And then, and then it goes on to say, because in 1 John 4, 19 says a very simple little verse. It says, we love God. Why? Because he first loved us. See, so it goes back to that wonderful little song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. If you understand how much God loves you, then you know, understand how much his love is far greater than every fear that's against you. God's love is so far so wonderful. Let's begin reading here, though. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he purges it or he prunes it. Amen? Then it said that that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Man, aren't you glad that you can get clean from all your ugly thoughts, from anything around you, just by the word of God being spoken through you? Ephesians chapter 5 says, by the washing of the water by the word. Some of us needs our brain washed. We do, you know. I mean, people will say, well, you're just brainwashed. I say, yes, I am. Thank God I got my brain washed. I got my mind clean. Hallelujah. By the washing of the water by the word. Amen. Hallelujah. is such a blessing. Look what verse 4 says. It says, "...abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine," Jesus said. "...you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing." If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples." All of us want to be his disciples, amen? We want to do the things that he's called us to do. We want to understand that we're a spirit being, that we possess a soul and we live in a body. When we understand that, that we're a three-part being, that we understand that our spirit is what gets born again, and our spirit is what's alive in the and we've got to renew our mind. We've got to renew our mind. But this verse, I love these verses like this because they challenge all the religious folks. And they challenge people because everybody wants to explain this away. Well, if I if I abide in him, if I live in Christ, if he's my Lord, he's my Savior, glory to God, and he is that, I love him, and his words, his words abide in me. They live, they remain. It's his word in me that produces results. Then I shall ask what I will, and it shall be done unto me. And God said, when you do this, My father, Jesus said, my father loves it when you do it. He's glorified when you do it. He's excited when you bear fruit. He says, you're his disciple. He said, that's my kid. That's my kid. He's proud. When you are born again and truly know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then he does abide in you. Now, the key is, though, is his word has to abide in you. See, listen, we're all branches. We can't do anything without a vine. We got to be connected. And talking about, you know, they use it, the vineyards. They use all that there. We have to be able to connect and stay connected. How do you know that when you feel feeling dry, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling, it's because you haven't been drinking from the vine. You haven't been fellowshipping and, and really, there's only two things you got to do. Number one, you just got to fellowship. You got to communicate. You got to talk. You got to let God. You got to go in and pray and fellowship and have have communion with the And it's as easy as just stopping and saying, "Hey, Father, how, how you doing today, Lord?" to God, Lord Jesus, say, hey, "What's happening?" Holy Spirit, help me, direct me. It's taking time, and we also, well, I don't have time. If you don't have time to get tanked up, you're in trouble. I mean, you know, you know, we we can get so busy. I can get so busy that I'm doing things, and then you know, okay, you know, I uh, forget to believe it or not. It, as much as I like to eat, I can forget to eat during the day, you know. I just because I'm doing things, I'm just doing things, you know. And she calls almost every day. So okay, what'd you have for lunch? I said, well, lunch? What's lunch? I didn't have any lunch today. I'm busy, you know. And uh, so you know, and, and with, but what happens by mid afternoon? You're not running too fast. Amen. Because your body doesn't have any energy, because you haven't put anything in it. How do you know coffee's not food? <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubbles. Coffee's not even classified as water, okay? <laughs> Amen. And I drink coffee, okay, not a problem, okay, just, but just letting you know that ain't going to happen. No matter how much sugar you put in that like I you know how many you know, shots of this or shots of that, that ain't going to cut it, okay? Amen. We just want to clarify that right there, you know, hallelujah. But we've got to put feeding ourselves because the word of God is faith food, but then fellowshipping with the Father waters the word we 've got to do this, and you know you know why most people don 't fellowship with God more than they, I mean more, as they should, I should say, because everybody does cry out to God for help, everybody 's trying to get God, but i 'm you know going and asking God all kinds of things is not so much fellowshipping with them. I mean, how many you just love it when your kids just come over and ask you, ask you, ask, you, ask, you, ask you, and then they get up and leave. <laughs> what a great fellowship time we had, <laughs> such a joy. How come you didn't do this? How come, you didn't do that? How come you didn't do that? I need this. How come you won't do this? I need this. I need you to do this. You got to do this. Hey, you got to do this. And then they leave and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Such love that we have. <laughs> we do that to God all the time. Amen. We've got to come in and just have fellowship with Him. He said, remember what he said? He said, listen, those that, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened down, come unto him. He said, take my yoke upon you. If my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I'll lift up all yours. If it's not light and easy, you're working too hard. You're working too hard. And in the last days, the enemy wants to get us to work hard. How many of you know there's a scripture in the Bible in Daniel? I think it's Daniel chapter 9. I think around verse 27 or 25, right around in there. But anyways, it says the enemy, what he's going to do is the devil or the enemy is going to wear out the saints of God. It's going to wear us out. Do you know why he wears us out? He wears us out by fretting and worrying about how God's going to come through. He, 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 he wears us out by getting us to, to try to, we're trying to earn some things from God. We're trying to get God to do something. We're trying to, to move the hand of God. And let me just share something with you. God is still God. God is still the God, hallelujah, that split the Red Sea. God is still God that will answer your prayers. God is still God. He's waiting for us to say something. We got to stop being like those in the Old Testament that when they look around say, God, do something. And what did God yell down to Moses? He said, Moses, what do you got in your hand? He says, I got a staff. He said, well, what did I do with that staff? He said, well, a few things. You know, a few things that we did, you know, it budded. You know, another thing it did, it went down and became a serpent, ate all the other guys when they made their serpent, did those things there. He said, well, you stretch forth your hand. You speak into things. Same thing he had to say to Ezekiel. Same thing that he had to say to Isaiah. Same thing that he has to say through all of us. We have to do it. Because not only do we have to have constant communication, but we got to have some more confession going on here. First of all, confession of man, and when we miss it, God forgive me. But second of all, God, hey, here's what your word says. So you know what? I want to see this happening. I'm just going to believe you. I'm going to say this, declare. Father, I'm so glad. You know what I found out? You said in your word that you want to do supernatural things, that you want to meet and supply every need, that you want to open the windows of heaven, that you want to cause things to that you're still a miracle-working God. You're still a miracle-working God. God, there's no place where it says it stops. The book of Acts is still being written. It's a constant confession. It's a constant communication. But it's a constant declaration of what God is doing in our lives. Because he's doing it. He's moving. He's managing. He's saying, "What well, you got to begin to do it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, listen, the enemy's always trying to get you to look at all the bad and to say how bad it is. Glory to God. There's, you know, <laughs> yeah, but if I start talking about all these great things I'm expecting, what if they don't come to pass and I look stupid? <laughs> Let me just share with you. What if one of them does come to pass? But all of a sudden, if it does, because of what you're saying and doing, all of a sudden you begin to see it and you know and you go, you're going to be like that chicken that pecked that thing and got one thing. You can be pecking at that thing all the time. We'll get you saying and doing, because of the word of God. Listen, there's always a risk. There's always a risk at trust in God. But you know what? God said He'd never make you ashamed. We've just never taken him at his word. Amen. See, the problem is we got to be like the Apostle Paul, and we can't allow. I love what I wrote down here. You know, the Apostle Paul was was amazing in in some things of of what transpired there, of how he could pray for all those, and they're the ones that caused the problem. See, what do you do when the storm's not your fault? When Paul didn't do anything wrong, he preached the gospel. He, he got stuck. He got on the wrong ship. But they made him put him on. He was a prisoner. And then, he's, and then God tells him, hey, listen, guys, I, we shouldn't leave. This is, I'm, I got a bad feeling about this. I perceive. I just, in my sense and my knowing, my, my inward witness says this is not good. But he's a prisoner. Shut up. What are you, who are you? You know. But he's like, hey, guys. And when it all came to pass, he's like, y'all should listen to me. You know? Don't you know that they wanted to kill him? You know, and all, all of these things here. But see, here's the thing about it. And this is what I wrote down. A huge part of maturing, growing up in the things of God. And, we, and you guys are, you're grown-ups. You've been in this a while. But and if you haven't, you're still growing. But a huge part of maturing and growing up is learning. Hallelujah. <laughs> is learning to acknowledge and experience our emotions without being controlled by them. We can acknowledge we've got to, I can acknowledge that I get mad, but I'm so glad that my first response is not my last response. I love Sarah. I love Sarah. Sarah's first response was, that's a joke. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm 90 years old. You're telling me I'm going to have a baby? This is crazy. She's laughing at what God said. Now we think, well, that's not any big deal. But it is a great big deal because they, I mean, they came, why are you laughing? God said, and then she lied. (laughs) Aren't you glad that your first response of laughter and lying doesn't have to be your last response? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Even if you use, because she said, oh, I didn't laugh. Yeah, you laughed. (laughs) You did. But here's the thing. We find Sarah in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Because God caused her to have strength to receive seed. So God caused her to have strength to receive seed, which simply means God can give to you the strength to receive the miracle that you have. And you got to get it on the inside before it's ever on the outside. See, the problem is, is that you don't say something just to get something. You say something because you believe something because you've got it on the inside. You know, so many people, they're looking, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Listen, you're supposed to do what cranks your tractor? What is your passion? What has turned you on? What is something that brings life to you? We don't need people just doing things. We need people to do things that they love, things that they desire, things that they enjoy. Hallelujah. And allow God to bless those things because God gave us gifts. God gave it. And God wants us to rise up to the top. I believe that. I believe the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. I mean, there's got to be all this incredible transfer, but it's not going to come to people who don't know how to use it. It's not going to come so you can just dump it on your own self. It's going to go for the gospel. And so you've got to rise up to the top so people can see. You've got to be like Joseph and rise up to the top. You've got to go from the dungeon to being second in command in a matter of 72 days, 72 hours. Same thing with David. David's at his lowest point. It's terrible. He's lost his wife. Everything else is all burned. The people want to kill him. All of his arm wants to kill him. He encourages himself in the Lord. He goes after them. He brings it all back. And 72 hours, three days later, he's the king of Israel. And to reign for 40 years of his life. See, we look at things and go, oh, Paul, he's on a ship. He's shipwrecked. They get on an island. Everybody gets saved because he prays for the the guy that's over the whole island. And then God takes them, you know, and we see the hand of God. But what happens to us is that we get a little bit of pushback and we fold. Come on. If you, if, you, if you fall in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Amen? I mean, we look at this, but see, we acknowledge and we experience our emotions. They just don't control us. They don't stop us from doing the things God has us. Like I said, man, my first response is always lousy. But I find if I can get my lousy response out, I can always get a good one. And I don't, mind, it doesn't bother me. I, I got it, but I got to get that out of there because if I don't, I'm going to get mad. And that's not cool. Amen? Amen? And here's the thing about it is, <laughs> we look at things and we think, well, how do I know if God's speaking to me or how do I know if God wants me to go in this direction? Listen, God always wants you to go in the directions that's too big for you. God always wants you to go in the direction that you need his help. That's how you always know it's God. It's always good and it's always too big. And it's always going to be easy because God said it was. Because you're going to rest in him. Because you can't do it anyways. You never use your faith for what you can do. That doesn't take any faith. You can do that. You use your faith for the impossible, for the, the eternal, for things you can't do. That's where faith comes in. That's where believing and trusting God. I believe you're speaking. I believe you're Hey, I don't know how this is going to happen. But you're going to do it. So I just want to turn you loose. I want to get you turned in, turn you up. Hey, let's do this. Hallelujah. See, some of you got to get warmed up by the fire because you've been frostbitten. And frostbite has set in. And it's come because of disappointment. It really has. It's come because of delay. It's come because somebody was deferred over you and you didn't get what you thought you should have got. Amen. I can't help it that the Holy Spirit had your number this morning. But he wants to help you. I mean, I like to make things funny. I do, because if you look at your face, you'd have to make things funny too, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> it's serious. You're like, ah, it's where the Bible says, don't be afraid of their faces. It's all good. You know? And here's the thing too. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the wonderful thing too, though, is you always know a God dream or, or what God's speaking to your heart because it not only benefits you, but it's always going to benefit others. If it only benefits you, it's usually yours. But if it's something God's speaking to you about doing, it's always going to not only benefit you, but it's also going to benefit others. And the reason for that is, is because God wants to get things to you so he can get things through you. Amen? Amen. And see, the Word of God says that it's, it's an anchor to our soul. It's the Word of God that we can hang on to so that if our emotions are going a little bit crazy, thank God it's the Word of God that will anchor us down and help us through this emotional storm that we're going through. And we've all gone through some emotional storms, okay? How many of you know that? We've gone through some tremendous emotional storms. But now not a time to back off. It really isn't, folks. Now's not a time to, to stop. Now's the time to step up in your spiritual things, okay? Because when you step up spiritually, it will affect your soul, and it will affect what you do naturally. It will affect things to do it. Hallelujah. You know? And remember, I said, you've got to do things that make you come alive. You know, I remember the Lord telling me this many years ago and I, it shocked me because when I got into ministry, I thought ministry had to be this way. I thought I had to be this kind of a pastor because it was the only pastor I knew. This, so I was trying to do this and I was trying to, so I was trying to be very religious and very things. And, and after about a month, I hated my church. I hated me. I didn't want to go there. I didn't like it. I didn't like what I, I just, I said, like, gosh, this is no fun. You know, and, 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 and I remember praying and saying, Lord, what's going on? And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to pastor. I'm trying to do what you tell me to do. What am I doing? He said, I don't know what you're doing either. He's, I said, it's no fun. He said, listen, if you're not having fun, I'm not having fun. And man, I went, okay, let's talk about that. You mean I can be me? I can just be me and people will actually come maybe and, then, and they'll listen. He said, you mean I, you can use me? I can just get up there and blah, and we can see what happens. He said, yeah, let's have fun. Let's, let's, let's get a sermon that we can have fun with. Let's get something that we can take hold of. Let's do this. What, what do you, and, and man, I just said, oh, And I just, I came alive. I came alive because all of a sudden I broke free from my happiness being in somebody else's head. My approval was not with somebody else. None of those things there. Glory to God. Because you know what happens to us? And what we've allowed to happen to us and what the world has said to do us is they've tried to tell us, you need to focus on your duration of life. You need to focus on how long you can be here, how long you can sustain. See, I got your attention. And it's not about how long you can sustain. It's not about your duration of life. It's about your donation to life. It's about what can you give to life? What are you giving to change everybody else around you? What are you giving out? What are you sharing? What are you doing? What are you passionate about? What are you desiring? What are you loving? And what do you want to be reaching out and touching lives? Hallelujah. Amen? Don't ask what anybody needs. Ask what makes you come alive and somebody will be, man, that's a blessing to me. Hallelujah. We, we got we to forget about how long we're going to be here. We need to know what can I do to change my life and the world around right now and make life fun, make life wonderful, and be a blessing. And if you'll do that, it changes your whole perspective. It doesn't mean that we don't save for future. It doesn't mean that we don't have retirement. What it means is this, is that we come alive. We're not just going through the motions. Amen? And here it is here, folks. And if you haven't started, it's time to begin again. And the cool thing about it, even if you've ran off the road and you're in the ditch, glory to God, we're going to pull you out, get you back on the road, and let's go. You're still in the race, okay? You're still in the race. Hallelujah. See? Amen? I mean, why is that? Because God's love for you is far greater than any fear that's against you. Perfect love casts out fear. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Failure is never final. It's never fatal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We just realize, hey, I'm going to get up, ask forgiveness, and just keep plowing through. Just keep plowing through. See, you know, let me give you this example. Let's just, you know, I'm just having fun. Got lots of notes. But the the thing about this, too, is that what about Peter? Remember Peter? Peter? I love Peter because Peter blew it many times. Peter stuck his foot in his mouth. Peter was the guy to grab the sword. I would have been Peter. I would have grabbed the sword. I would have been chopping people. I, would have, I wouldn't have just swung for one's head. I would have been going after a bunch. He'd have to tackle me. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, and, and I would have been just like Peter too, totally confused because Jesus asked two verses before, how many swords we got? You know, and they said two. Well, he said, that'll do. You know, I'm thinking, two? He got 12 guys, They only got two of them got swords? And that's true, two. That's about the way it is now, just two. So anyways, <laughs> but I'd be Peter, I would have the sword. We knew Peter to have one, he's the biggest guy. And then Peter steps up to defend the Lord, and the Lord says, what are you doing? Put that away, he that lives by the sword gonna die by the sword. It's like, you just asked me if I had a sword. <laughs> the sword is so I can do something with it. And then Jesus reaches up and heals the guy I just cut his ear off of see <laughs> you know Peter denied Christ and he crashed but when Peter denied himself he became a champion and when he denied himself and he let Christ and God gave him you know of course we know Peter denied him three times Jesus asked and here's what he is this is the key What what you want to get today because what did Jesus say to, to Peter there? He, he asked him, he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, I love you, Lord. He said, Peter, do you, do you love me? He said, "Well, Lord, you know I love you. They said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was so great. He said, ah, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Amen? Why did he have to do it three times? Peter denied him three times. Peter needed to know, he needed to know that Jesus' love was far greater than Peter's fear's. But did you know, even after that, Peter said, I'm, you know, or actually before that, that's when Peter said, I'm going fishing and everybody else was going fishing too. And they didn't catch anything. And that's when Jesus talked to him about the love of God. And then we know on that day of Pentecost, Peter stands up and he preaches this masterful sermon and 5,000 people get saved. Amen. Amen. Peter has boldness. He has, because why? Because Peter knew that the love of God was far greater than every fear Amen. that had come against him. And, and, and he, did, he literally denied publicly three times. I don't know how many of you have done that. Hopefully not three times. And even if you've done it 400 times, that's okay. God still forgives. God still can redeem. Here, here, here's the whole thing. God's love for us is so great and so far greater than any fear against us. Folks, yes, we're going to have obstacles. We're going to have difficulties. Yes, there's going to have to stand up. There's going to be ridicule. There's going to be things said and done. This is not, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a time as for the church because this, this, when I say this, a time, this isn't about this group or that group. This is about the devil coming against the church, okay? This is what this is, you know, because I'm just going to say it. Listen. Whether you get the vaccine or don't get the vaccine should not be a religious issue. Even though I've got letters, I do everything, it's going all over. It should not be. It should be a patriotic issue. It should be an issue that you shouldn't have to do this because of who you are as a human being. Period. But it is a religious because I believe that we shouldn't do that. Now, if you got it, that's okay. That's not a problem. you got to work things out for your own self. That's okay. I've got to do what i got to do. you got to do what you got to do. But it should be that we shouldn't be forced to do something that we don't believe in because if we can do that why can't they if you're going to get forced to do this then they can force you to stop worshiping they can force you to go here they can force you to go that see that's what you got to understand it's not about and I'm not trying to be political that's nothing to do with political it has everything to do with your freedom it has everything to do with what god is speaking to your heart and when somebody says it's not about freedom it's about safety it's it's all about freedom and it is, yeah, we have enough sense. You have enough sense if you don't feel good. You stay home. You get people to pray for you. You have enough to sense to know if this is going to, and you know how to take care of yourself. God bless you. You're smart. But I share that because what happens is, is we look at, but yeah, it is. So it's, like, it's about, hey, we don't want you to do these things. I told you this is the holiest, this, and that's what's coming down to as the body of Christ. It's about we have to stand up and say, no, this is what the word of God says. And that's what the word of God says. Amen. You've got to deal with it, but you've got to work it out for yourself. Don't let anybody. And listen, if you're beating somebody else, beating somebody up from my church because they got vaccinated, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> you would just be praying for them. You would, same thing you did. if you're beating somebody else because they didn't, I'm going to slap you. I mean, I'm your pastor. I love you with all of my heart. That's not what it's about. It's about working out our salvation. It's about letting God be God in our lives. Hallelujah. Come on, folks. It's the love of God. God's love is greater than any fear that can come against you. Amen. Amen. You know. Because all of my missionary friends, all of my missionary friends that are going all around the world have all gotten vaccined. They've all gotten And I hate to say it because I don't believe it's a vaccine. I believe it's just a shot. But the key is, is that because if it's a vaccine, it eliminates it and it doesn't. So that's the thing. But that's a whole other story. So I don't want to get there. But the whole thing about it. But does that mean I don't support them? Does that mean I don't believe in them? No. Praise God. They got to work out their salvation. They to. They're preaching the gospel. Okay. Hallelujah. See, we got to look at this. We look at, but what comes back to? It comes back to the love of God for you. I, I've never understood this. I've always had to stand on my own. I've never had anybody standing with me. You know, and I mean, you guys are, and we're doing this together. But the key is, is that what we're, we're endeavoring to do is to walk in, and, and let God be God in our life. Amen? And when you love and you let the love of God, let's close this thing down here, because now that we got all crazy, we may have to take that off this thing too. But, uh, you know... It just it just blurted out. It was bleh. So, forgive forgive me for that little rant. I have. appreciate. It. Please forgive me. <laughs> um, you, you need to understand my heart. My heart. Not, not those of you that are crazy. Calm down. Just a second, okay. <clears throat> you need to understand my heart. Okay. I just, I love people with all of my heart. I love the Lord Jesus Christ with everything within me. But one thing that I hate, and I do hate this a lot, is I hate, number one, the spirit of fear. I hate the enemy. And I, and, and when you're using fear, and you're using things that are going to kind to bring people into bondage, that, it, it really frustrates me. Because the Bible says, whatever's not done in faith is sin. So you cause people to get in and... And and, and we, you know, our information that we have in our, in our world today is so muddled. You can get it from one thing and you can get this conclusion. I can get it from another and get this conclusion. You can get it from, I mean, you can get it information from so many different avenues and you can come up with so many different conclusions. But here's the, here's the thing. I'm getting every one of my information from the word of God and the spirit of God that lives on the inside of me, okay? But I'm working out my salvation and I'm sharing with you truths from the word of God in what needs to be so you can walk and you can make your own decision of what God is speaking to you and what, especially in these things. Now, I'm dogmatic about salvation. I'm dogmatic about being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm dogmatic about Jesus is coming again and coming soon. Amen. I'm very, very, I mean, there's things, but there's a lot of things I'm only pupmatic, okay? You know, (laughs) what that means is, is that, hey, if you disagree with me, you're not going to offend me. You can't offend me. You literally can't because I love you. And I'm going to pray for you. I mean, I've shared this with you guys multitude of times. I've been lied about coast to coast, written in books. Okay. I love people. The key is, is taking hold of the word of God. We've got to understand how to take hold of this. And here's what happens is I'm so tired of the Christians looking outside of the word of God to find validation, to find approval, and to find permission. You don't need validation. You don't need approval, and you don't need permission from anybody except the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. Amen. The Word of God tells you. Now I've got friends of mine. We we argue. They're like, "Well, now you've become a doctor, or now you've become this." No, I'm not a doctor. I'm not. But I do have the Holy Ghost. I got the Spirit of God. I got the Word of God, and I know what God's speaking to me. Amen. And I'm not going to let what God's speaking to you, or what you think He is, or what's going on—that's good. You've got to walk out your life. I got to walk out mine. But isn't it amazing if you disagree with somebody, how mean and nasty they get? And let me just share with You know, I'm trying to close. I really am. Y'all drawing this junk out of me is not good. We got to wind this thing back here. And uh, uh. and let me just share something else with you, real quick. You ready? Now, don't be saying amen too loud, because this one's going to slap you, okay? <laughs> Here's the biggest thing that's got to govern, and this is what governs Christians. This is what should govern you, and it needs to govern you, because, like I said, the love of God far surpasses any fear that can come against it. It's far greater, but the key is you need to understand that forgiveness is the most amazing word for love. And when you understand forgiveness for yourself and the forgiveness for others, uh, it will cause a a supernatural uh, peace on the inside of you because forgiveness is not a suggestion. It's a command. Now, here's the key. Our forgiveness needs to be for one another in the body of Christ. Listen, the world's going to get crazy. You, you can't condone what they're doing and, and you can't agree with it. You cannot, I mean, what they're saying, what they're doing what they're trying to, it, it's ludicrous. Okay. That's not what it's for. It's for the body of Christ. It's just for the body of Christ. Understand this. We pray. I'm praying more for our president and our governor and praying more for people in authority now than ever before. Seriously. Oh my gosh. I'm praying, I'm saying, God, help, do something, I mean, you know, and then, of course, I, I find myself praying some other ways, too, that I have to prevent, but the, the key is, the key is, now you got to help yourself, okay, come on, you, you, you look at this thing, you know, but here's the thing, if you don't live with forgiveness, and you don't learn how to forgive, you won't survive through this, you'll end up shipwrecked. You're going to end up shipwrecked, okay? Let me just share my heart. You're going to end up shipwrecked. I don't want you shipwrecked. See, my, my goal as a pastor is to, is to, is to f- form beliefs in you, to help you stay with it, but also to look around for signs of abandonment of faith, but also to make sure that you're not getting shipwrecked. And if you do get shipwrecked, glory to God, you're going to grab a hold of a board, get on the right island, hallelujah, and get where your God's going to use you again, because we want to get you back in the game okay but here's the key don't look for approval or acceptance hallelujah or anything especially for, for permission from anything except for the spirit of God and the word of God you know the truth you know the truth you know what the word of God says hallelujah and when we see when we see this is that especially don't look for validation you're validated with God Okay, He loves you. I love you. God loves you. We're, we're endeavoring to walk this thing out and walk it out to what we're doing. There's lots of things going on, but you work out and what God is speaking to you and don't let condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's therefore now. So don't you let condemnation and guilt try to get on you. Some says, well, how do I know the difference between condemnation and Holy Ghost conviction? condemnation always drives you away from God and away from people. Holy Ghost conviction drives you to God and you don't care what people say. When I'm convicted about something, I don't care if somebody says, well, you, I, I know I did it, I know I'm repenting, but I'm going and falling at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm getting forgiveness. I'm convicted about what I did and God's setting me free and I could care less about what anybody else says. Hallelujah. But see, condemnation, you're concerned about, well, what are they going to think? What about this response? How am I supposed to, what are we going to do here? What's everybody else going to say and do? You can't do that. We can't do that. Because folks, we're the only hope. I'm sorry, we are the only hope. There's no great answer coming. You guys know the next great answer that's coming to the earth is the Antichrist. That's the next great answer is somebody to rise up and say, hey, I got an answer. Y'all bow down and kiss my feet here and everything's good. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Serve me, you understand that this is this precursor. That's all the thing you need to understand. We're living in it. Don't don't deny it. We're living in it. You know, people say, "Well, how do we live it?" I mean, if I'm young, how do we do this? Listen, you got to learn how to give your donation, not your duration. Let's donate. So I so, said, "When's he gonna come?" I don't know. I made a statement of what I believe but I'm not going to make it again because you guys are nervous. But what I I believe, you know, you have to go back and try to find that in one of the Wednesday nights that you guys drew something out of me too. But but hey, but I'm living in light of, boy, we're going to have to cancel this one. Love all of you guys on here. This one might not make it up. Uh, So we're glad you're watching. I'm going to have to go back and, re- and, re- and look at this one. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father, wow. Father, thank you. Thank you for all those that have got to watch today. Uh, Lord, I, t- I, t- I trust you, Father. I trust you. And Lord, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, Father. And Lord, with all of my heart, I trust that I didn't offend or hurt or cause anybody uh, to be uh, my heart is I just don't want them to stop living for you. That's not my heart. I don't feel bad about anything that I've said because I feel like it's needed to be said to be you've brought it out of me. But on the other hand, Lord, we want to walk the way you want us to walk through this because we want the world to see the right way. We want the world to see how amazing you are in us and through us Father, you said in in Ephesians that you wanted to show the world and the devil and everybody else how great you are through the church. So, Father, we want to be the church. As the Holy Spirit, I just trust today that you've taken this message and you're form-fitted because this message is about love that conquers fear. It's about coming and getting Jesus' yoke and His burden because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's getting that light and easy. It's taking on saying, God, I trust you. You to lead God. Lord, I can trust you. I know the truth of the word of God and your truth sets me free. It brings freedom. It brings joy. It brings peace. Father, I'm going to follow after peace. Father, that's my heart's cry for those that they follow after peace. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you're such a great God. Father, you've called us all into the kingdom for such a time as this. Each one of us has to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And so, Lord, that's my heart. That's my heart. Perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. And God's love for us is far greater than any fear that we're facing. And so, Lord, now, I always, just in my heart, I want to see people born into the kingdom of God. If there's anyone here, I know that I've shared to the body of Christ today, and, I, and I'm a pastor, and so I'm 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 trying to keep the church saved. I'm trying to keep the church together and powerful and moving forward, and, and being and bringing back the King. That's my goal. But, Father, we also want people to be born into the kingdom of God. We want them to know that Jesus loves them so much that they can experience the love that you have for them. And if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice, or anybody watching right now that needs Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life, they need to cry out to God. The Bible says that if if we'll call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. It says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. So if you're here and you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're crying out saying, I want to, then just lift your hand and say, Lord, Jesus, here am I. You're acknowledging God saying, Lord, here am I. I want this. I want this. I want you. Hallelujah. Because that's what it's all about. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And Lord, we honor you and love you and praise you, Father, for your amazing grace. Father, I I just trust today and I thank you for your your love and I receive that love even back toward me, Father. And I trust that what's been said is a benefit and a blessing. And so, Lord, you be glorified. You be magnified. Father, we want to finish our course. We want to run this race. And you've called us into the kingdom. You've called us to be the church. And we are going to be a voice that continues to rise up. But Father, let your love, let your grace and your mercy engulf each and every person that's here. Father, I thank you for that. Thank you and praise you, Father. Let them know that they're loved so much and that you care and that no fear that they're facing is greater than your love. Hallelujah. Because you said you're going to help them walk through it and you're there with them in it. Lord, I thank you for that now. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. And amen. Well, we're gonna have our prayer team come forward. And uh, hallelujah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No mm-hmm. no nor riamassontara bassiato caste, nor yante mariacotoste che, no riabassottori leto, vi a canonato che toria bacale a ca, no si etole a ma, ni et diria sonto ria no riattesio na catetta, no riabassiatone ma conto ne becetto, vi a sotte Hallelujah, thank you father. Most of that was for me, but I'm going to share a few things with you and just take a moment. You know, when, uh, and the reason it was for me because it was something to be said and done many times that uh, I apologize and do things because I definitely don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not, that's not my goal. But the Spirit of God wants you to understand and know. Hallelujah that what he wants to get across is that his love, his mercy, and his grace far exceeds everything the enemy's trying to do in your life or every lie of the enemy that's trying to be said because all the lies of the enemy have to cease. There's a scripture in the Bible that declares that. And so... What he you saying here as we go and as we walk through these doors, we go out here. We don't go out here with an attitude of let's, us against them. We go out there with an attitude of love. We go out there with an attitude of forgiveness and we go out there with an attitude of just because they may not know the truth. That's all it is. They need to know the truth. And we need to speak the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love unto all those that are out there because they just need to know the love of God that's been shed abroad in our heart is what's changed us, what gives us the peace to walk through what we're walking through and and gives us peace to know that the future for the church is bright and the future is Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. And also that there's no condemnation or guilt and don't receive and don't take but walk freely. Walk in the joy. Walk in what was spoken at the beginning of the sermon of taking Jesus' yoke and his burden, which his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So don't take things on. If you don't understand, lay it on the shelf and just keep walking with the joy and the peace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you once again for all that are here and I, I, I receive that for myself. Hallelujah in some things. But Lord, I honor you and love you. You know my heart. You know my heart. You know my heart. And so Father, I love you and praise you for that. Thank you, Father, for these folks that are here. Thank you that you've called Harvest Bible Church into being. We just honor you for it and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now you can stand up, let our prayer team come forward. I love you. God loves you. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.